Hello and welcome to the Fencing Podcast. It's uh, episode 36, 2018 in review. Yeah, looking back on a, a whole year's worth of fencing in, well, hopefully a much shorter period of time than it took us to do the World Championships review. Yes. Well, that was well, a marathon. It was, it was difficult to listen to. It was very long. I listened to it again. It was very long. <laughs> yeah. You needed to put a, aside a bit of time each mm. day for a week or so. Yeah. Well, thankfully, I've got a very boring job. Made it easy. <laughs> uh, well, I'm Gavin, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. And I'm Sean. Yep. And uh, just a usual shout out. So uh, it's been a year and we've been I've been running this. The Patreon, uh, Patreon thing ran for longer than a year now. Uh, yes, it has. Oh. It was up and running certainly. It's probably about 18 months now it's been going. Right. Okay. Well, it means that our patrons are now toddlers. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost safe to be roving around. Exactly. They won't fall. They won't fall over and kill themselves. Great. Mm, it might still do. Anyway, but you guys are great. And obviously, uh, another shout out to our uh, our sponsors, Liam Paul. They've been a year now. Uh, more than. More than. More well, than. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, also, toddlers. Then. This this podcast has been running for. Well, it seems like a lifetime sometimes when I'm yeah. in the midst of editing it, but. Yeah, more than two years and stuff like uh, Patreon and Liam Ball sponsorships been been running for. It, it, it's funny because we be, in the prep for this, I was looking back over the, the previous episodes, and it's not until you see the long list of episodes you've I kind of realised quite how long we've been doing it for. Well, as you say, episode thirty six. But strictly speaking, there's been a few extras as well. There's been mm-hmm. ones that just I think were the first. First year in Paris, yep, uh, was described as a as a Paris special round. Yeah, a number. There's been ones that have been a couple of parts to it. So yeah, I think you were saying, strictly speaking, this is the forty first episode. Forty first, yeah. You go by actual actual releases, and I thought it'd be good this time to do something slightly different. Uh, we don't really push. We, we we do push for it to contact us on the on the old social media and yeah, I wish more of you would do that. Oh yes, because you're absolutely rubbish as an audience for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we like to hear from you more. Your, often. your engagement with us is is hopeless because I mean, we yeah. would like to hear from you. I mean, we do genuinely want to uh, hear your opinions and ideas. So um, don't be so shy. Yeah, so, so we, con- we, contact we us. Let's know. So on that note, mm. um, how, where did the email us, Sean? Sorry, what? Where will they email us? What's the email they will address? Email us at thefencingpodcast at gmail dot com. And we're always available on Facebook. Yes, always. always. And Twitter, where we're only fencing podcast. That's right. Uh, and I thought also I would do something different because I've threatened to do this a couple of times. You have threatened to uh, And, and I would you, read out. You're getting your way. I'm getting my way. I'm going to read out an iTunes review. Now, apparently having five-star iTunes reviews is a good thing, and it helps. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know personally, but apparently it helps. Okay. All other podcasts beg for the five-star iTunes reviews on their knees. So uh, I'm just going to say, could you leave us some more uh, reviews? It'd be lovely. Yeah. Only uh, five star ones. Only five star ones. If it's less than five <laughs> if you don't stars, like, don't bother. If you don't like the show, don't bother reviewing it. Yeah, don't bother. Uh, but this one caught my eye and I thought it was uh, I thought it was worth reading out because it's such a good review. A shout out here to uh, Mr. KD5MDK. Catchy. Yep, catchy. Uh, who says, great discussion of high level fencing with strong accents. It's us in a nutshell, isn't yeah. it? Whatever could he mean, Sean? <laughs> I have no idea. My <laughs> voice sounds absolutely fine to me. He does go on to say that uh, the hosts are experienced fencers and are talking about what's going on at the international level. If you're thinking that how you run things at your own club is how it should be everywhere, this may be eye-opening. There is a bit of a UK focus, but uh, top athletes from all over the world are covered and it's definitely not parochial. Give it a listen and prepare to learn. Oh, that's, that really is genuinely pretty 
pretty glowing. Yeah. So thanks very much. We'll uh, we'll endeavour to keep the strong accents, though. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Clear their selling point. Yeah. So t- as it's going to be our, our year in review, uh, we've done our usual shout outs. Let's talk about a couple of things before we get to the reviews. So I thought the first one would be some, would be quite interesting to talk about was an article, uh, the Academy of, was it US Academy of? The Academy of Fencing Masters. That's the ones uh, who released an article about why it's great, that par- uh, why parents are willing to pay for fencing. And I have to admit that the article was interesting, but it did make me laugh a lot. Uh, deliberately? Well... I think it's inadvertently amusing. Ah, okay. Yeah. So the first thing, the first thing is, we are both parents. We are, yeah. And we both have a lot of experience of fencing parents. Very much so, yes. And would you say that fencing parents are willing to pay? <laughs> now, willing. They're not rushing forward to do it. I wouldn't say. And well, it's a, it's a, this is a difficult one because in the UK, fencing is not really a hugely expensive sport. I mean, it can become if you take it up to serious level, yes. but going along and fencing you know, a few times a week at a club, fencing at a few competitions, it's not cheap by any means, but it's not it's not very expensive. No. If you compare that with the USA, though, mm-hmm. certainly in quite a lot of parts of, of the States, Fencing is very expensive, in in my opinion, or I, certainly in comparison to what I have experienced. I think you're underselling how expensive it is in comparison to here. Well, eye-wateringly, nosebleedingly, yeah. screamingly expensive. In fact, yes. Yeah, and I mean, I think there were there were ten points. There were ten points actually in the article. Yes, ten reasons why why parents are yeah. are prepared to pay for their children. Defence. Yeah, and, and by and large... And what, the, and what they get. Yeah, by and large, it's all the things you would expect, right? So yes. dealing with loss, learning resilience, all these sorts of, all the good sporting stuff. Yeah. But I did actually laugh because my experience is, is that parents and fencers are, are maybe willing to pay, but maybe not, uh, maybe the, the barest amount, you know? <laughs> they want to get away with as, as little as possible. Oh, Gav, you're going to get such dog's abuse, the next fencing parent that you, you see in real life. In fact, the online abuse may start... Even before then, yeah, probably. But I thought, but, but the article was interesting because, uh, you know, there's a there's a saying that um, Britain and America are uh, what was it again? A, a common culture separated by a language. Uh, yes, something like that. Something yeah. along those lines, anyway. But uh, this is one of those things where I feel that there is a a vast difference between what the experience is in the UK and what what it might be in the US. Uh, and you were saying that you'd read a thing about uh, US fencing is now char- like everything's been charged for. Uh, yes, just just today, on the day that we're we're recording, which is what the twenty first of September, mm-hmm. uh, the announcement was made by USA Fencing that they will be charging for tickets at the North America's Cup and a few other events um, for everyone bar the competitors and officials. So if you're there as a parent, you're going to have to buy a ticket to see your your offspring fence at the cost of I think fifteen dollars a go. How does which, that compare with Paris? <laughs> Paris was ten euros. Ten euros for for the day. I don't know how that converts into US dollars. I'd have to look it up. But so not not a million miles away though. Is what I would oh, expect. actually, sorry, I, I do slightly take that back. If sorry, if you're a non-member of USA Fencing, mm-hmm. you will have to pay. All right, but so if you're a US Fencing member, you'd have to you get in. You get in. Yes. Ah, okay. So you have a, a sort of an associate membership or a sort of family supporters membership, mm-hmm. which I think costs you twenty five dollars. So I think. I think their their push is not really to relieve you of fifteen dollars to come up and watch your kid fence every time uh, a North America's Cup or you know some regional event, uh, but to encourage you to become a 
a supporters member of USA Fencing to boost their membership numbers, which you know makes them look better in the eyes of people like the US Olympic Committee and, and so on to see growth in, in membership yeah. numbers. So, so I wonder a slightly then, backhanded way of doing it. But, uh, yeah, so I wonder then if that means that the sort of the feeling is that fencing is becoming a much bigger sport in America than it was previously. Still a niche sport, still minority, but it's bigger, bigger, more popular than it has been in the past. Yeah, I mean, everything I hear suggests sort of continued growth mm -hmm. in in the USA, and that's why here too. And so, if we can contrast that with say British fencing, could you imagine British fencing saying, "Well, if you want to get into and watch the national championships, you have to pay, unless you're a member." Well, you think yeah. it's just, that, that's again another cultural difference? No, because the only reaction uh, stateside to this this idea is the entirely predictable outrage and and disbelief that USA fencing are are, are doing this. So I think the reaction would be exactly the same over here if you did it. Mm. The other option, of course, would be is that you you take your your small spring along to let's say British British Youth Championships, and you just drop them off and say, right, British fencing, you look after them then. <laughs> Which is what happened to me when I was a kid. But anyway, that's, uh, that's another story. So I just wanted to talk about this because I thought it was interesting that there's a sort of a very different cultural approach to fencing. And uh, we'll talk about Yannick later, but Yannick did mention in an interview recently how little he actually gets paid. And he's a professional athlete. Yes. And it was far, I can't remember the exact sum, it was like 20,000 euros, something like that. Yeah, I think it is about that. Uh, yeah. And he lives in Paris. I think he gets his accommodation though. But, they, but you know, it was much, much less than you'd imagine. It was far more realistic of what the vast majority of so-called professional athletes get. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But they're not all, um, you know, uh, multi-millionaire footballers in the Premier Division, the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, for, you're right. I mean, for the vast majority of professional sportsmen, it's not a life of... Wealth and glamour by any means. Yeah. It's not Formula One either, or golf, or any any of these sort of the top end of tennis or anything. Like that. Yeah, you know the costs are quite high. Anyway, it was an interesting topic. Uh, and then I think the the other thing I want to talk about before we get into our review was uh, we've we've mentioned quite a few times now, uh, sort of the the birth section of the of the community. <laughs> you know, congratulations to whoever you've you, you've you've you're now a dad or a mum. Yeah. You know, uh, but it seems that we've had a few uh, a few people pass recently, very recently, and we haven't really talked about this. And I thought it'd be quite nice to sort of just sort of mention it as we as as we sort of as, as we look back over the year. So just before we we recorded this, obviously the. Now I can't. I don't know how to pronounce his first name, but we'll. I'll, I'll give it a go. I think it's uh, Jozo Kalshar. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's right. Who's a, in my opinion, as an Epius, is, a, is an absolute legend of the sport. He's been around for long. He's been around in the sport at the top end in one way or another for longer than I've actually been alive. Yeah, quite quite comfortably. Yeah, yeah so he's been a world champion, uh, three, three times world champion, uh, individual, individual two teams. I think it was. Yeah. Uh, Olympic champion yeah and probably other events we don't his record isn't complete because he's they were going back quite a few years yeah but I imagine in, in the Hungarian press certainly when I mentioned this to Hungarian parliament she'd heard that yeah. and she isn't even a fencer uh, so it was actually very noteworthy because uh, he's he's clearly one of the giants current coach of uh, Sash Kovac yeah as well obviously he's the uncle of Christian Culture Culture uh, who was the he's one Two silver world championship medals, two thousand twelve. Uh, became senior world champion, I think, in two thousand and three or something. Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah. So you know, like the, the, the and you know, and other fences as well. So you, so it's kind of a, it's a real passing of a real legend in the sport. Yeah, uh, and I think it's kind of worth mentioning. Also, uh, from over the pond, over in America, um, George Kolombatovich has died. He's a, a notable coach over there. He he coached both uh, Aaron Smart and James Williams. Yeah, and was responsible for producing the. 
is it Columbia University's team? Yes, it is. Uh, and uh, and it was obviously there was quite a lot of talk about this in the American fencing community because he's a, he's been a fix, fixture of their their family, as they put it. Yeah. For, for so long now, it's kind of like for them. I don't know if it's quite at the level of culture, but you know, a senior member of their of their fraternity yeah, over a, there, a sort of favorite uncle. The favorite uncle, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and there's been some others as well, uh, Sean. Uh, yeah, um, Sergei Golubitsky's father, uh, Vitaly, uh, passed away earlier in the week. I mean, obviously, it's, uh, it's, as well as Golubitsky's father, also his, also his coach throughout Golubitsky's competitive career in the course of becoming world champion three times, mm-hmm. and, uh, a variety of Olympic medals, and you know, arguably being uh, you know the greatest fencer of the of the late twentieth century, certainly in mm-hmm. in men's foil, and. Uh, yeah, sorry to sorry to see another you know another great coach go. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last one would be I think the last one we're going to mention was Max Max Goiter. Max Goiter, yeah, I can never pronounce, pronounce his name either. Yeah. Successful fencer. I, I can't remember the exact details of his uh, competitive record, but um, really driving force in the administration of sport in of the sport in in Europe. A big advocate of veterans fencing. A lot of work for referee development. And uh, a man who is held was held in enormous affection by um, almost everybody that I know that's involved in, mm-hmm. in British fencing. And yeah. uh, um, again, another one that we're you know we're sorry to see go. It's been, yeah. it's been a bad couple of weeks for the sport. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so we started on a bit of a sort of a, sort of a somber note there, but I think it's about time we really moved on and start to look back over the year. Uh, so I think we'll do this the same roughly as we did last year, which is we're going to pick our favourite moments for each yeah. weapon. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's a tricky one. I mean, with a whole a whole season's worth, and, and some of it now seems absolutely ages ago. Because uh, I was you know, thinking about this over the last couple of days once we decided how we we're going to go about this, and, and picking out a highlight for for each of the each of the weapons is it's been tough. It's hard work. Yeah, it's been tough. And I actually I really struggled, and all of mine are at the end of the year because I really struggled to to really put together anything more compelling from earlier in the year. Right, and uh, and your memory's not getting any better either. Is the other thing. No, I've definitely reached that age where. <laughs> My memory's not what it was. Yeah. Uh, what, did, what did you have for breakfast? Uh, but what did I have for breakfast? Oh, I had a roll sausage. Uh, Are you sure? I, I am sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, I didn't have any sauce in it because that's offensive to my kind. Uh, right. So shall we just go run through each event one at a time? Mm, go for... So we'll start with uh, men's foil? Yeah. Uh, I mean... Despite... Uh, I think despite it's an easy one. Our, our, reviewers, our reviewers' comments... I'm going to be a little parochial here, uh, mm-hmm. but Richard Cruz's silver at the World Championships uh, probably was my my highlight of the season. It was mine too. So would have loved it if he got the win, and he did have two two wins during the regular season mm-hmm. with a victory in Cairo at the beginning of the season, and then uh, winning the Grand Prix in Shanghai or retaining his title in, in Shanghai at the at the end of the regular season. It, his best ever, his best ever season, and Britain's first medal for. 53 years at a world championship so it's not a win and you might say well you know how can that be a, a highlight as we view the, the whole world of the fencing but yeah it was for me uh, a more sort of detached view would be not a single highlight but um with uh Fukuni crowning yes crowning his rise to the, the the top of the weapon over the last couple of years for a fencer who wasn't wasn't even in the italian teams for the italian team for the for the olympics mm-hmm. he finishes off the 2017-2018 season as world champion and world number one. And I, I actually thought about seeing Fukuni as my th- as my uh, 
my, my, my sort of highlight of the year, because, you know, I'm a bit of a Fukuni fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think but, we both are, yeah. I mean, I've, uh, it's fencing still doesn't strike me a thing of, of beauty, but it's it's super smart, it's entertaining, it's varied, <laughs> and uh, yeah. there's a, you know, an awful lot to like about it. Yeah, but uh, for me, I have to be a bit parochial and go for, for Richard's, uh, Richard's victory as well, because, well, he, he did come second. It's that kind of coming second curse, isn't he? Oh, it's a victory, but really he came second. Yeah. But it was such a such a positive moment for the you know, the sport in for, for men's foil in, um, in Britain that I can't really top it. There's nothing else I can really go. Yeah. The only other thing that, apart from Fukuni winning that I, I really th- considered was uh, the sheer dominance of the men's, the US men's foil team. Yeah. Again, spread over a whole season. Yeah. But there was a, a whole load of <laughs> so many commanding performances picking out, picking yeah. out just one for the, from the USA men's foil team. Uh, it's quite, quite hard work because they yeah. were, they were immense through the regular season, and it took a, an incredible performance from the the Italian men's foilists at the World Championships to to finally stop their run. Mm-hmm. So I think we're in agreement there on that one. Um, yeah, that was that was the easy one. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get to the more contentious ones. Uh, okay. Women's foil. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I think we might describe this differently, but I think it's probably going to be the same one from a okay. fence again from a fencer that we both like. Okay, uh, was uh, Elisa Volpe. Winning the world world championship. Yes. Now, this is starting to become like a a world championships moment picking, but it's mm-hmm. um, it's not entirely. And I'll, certainly when I come to talking about some of the other weapons, because Volpe's offensive, we both like. She seems very nice. Like the sort of um, I don't know the sort of determination in her her fencing. It's yes. not eye catching in the way that she fences, particularly. Although she does score some spectacular hits. One of the few women's foils that can regularly land a flick to shoulder and mm-hmm. things like that. There's a, you know, good stuff. Mm-hmm. So that I'm, I'm going to pick uh, Volpe, Volpe taking the win. Yeah. At, uh, in, I think, I think that's the, the best way of putting it because I, the way that I you was thinking about it was different. I, had a, I have an alternative <laughs> view. But just to sort of talk about uh, Alice Volpe for a second, I mean, she, I've, occasionally, I've sought a couple of messages via social media where she does seem very nice. And one of the things that has always impressed me about her when when I've seen her fence is that it means something to her when she wins. Mm-hmm. It definitely means she's the passion's there. If you know what I mean, it means something. Win or lose, it means something to her. And I think, and I think I was really glad to see her win the world championships this year. Although the way that I described it was uh, the moment was the fact that Derigosuba didn't win. <laughs> There's a hint of that, and also a hint of badness about uh, putting it that putting it that way. But yeah. uh, but 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 for me, it's, I think. Both going, both of us going in thought it was likely to be there. It goes over. Yeah, and I mean, it, it, you know, with five five wins during the regular season, you you mm-hmm. would have to say that Derek over went in as a as a strong favourite. So it's not so it's not such of a not so much. I don't don't think of it as much of a highlight, but it's really a sort of a newsworthy moment. Mm-hmm. At, right at the final last cast, there goes over didn't quite manage yeah. it. So fencer fencer fails to win. Yeah, it's not an appetising headline, really. It, but, no, uh, it isn't. But for me, it was quite newsworthy, and maybe maybe it'll happen next year for her. Mm-hmm. What I was thinking. So, is there anything else you want to talk about in the women's foil before we move on? Uh, the uh, the USA women's foil team having an ordinary regular season, uh, but then producing the goods at World Championship was a, a real positive thing. Uh, yeah, I did. Again, I spoke about that during the our World Championships mm-hmm. review, uh, but it's really encouraging to see the, the USA women's foil stepping up because at the moment none of the none of the women's foil teams look outstandingly strong. Mm-hmm. And to see USA getting the hang of it on on the biggest stage of the season was was probably the 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 team highlight for me. Italy and and Russia may yet come good, but I think it's uh, 
a, a good way to, to round off the year with, yeah. a, with a USA win. And it's that variety and there's, there's a chance of, we've talked about this before, that it does become boring if it's just dom- dominated by one personality, one team. Yeah. And I think women's foil, one of the reasons I've come to like women's foil again is because there is a, a chance of variety in it. Yes. Which is yeah. something I find quite entertaining. Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's been. I think it's been a thoroughly good, another good year for women's mm. foil. I mean, when we first started the podcast, you were very sniffy, <laughs> very sniffy about women's foil. Yeah, I was. I was trying to think of a way to dress it up a little bit, but um, I think it has genuinely grown on you. I've, I've really enjoyed the watching the women's foil action over the last couple of years, and this year has been been great as well. A little, a little bit Derek was over heavy in terms of wins, mm-hmm. but uh, with Volpe producing the goods at the World Championships, Luke had a little bit of a quieter season. This, uh, which this is a disappointing round. thing for me because yeah, I really, I really admire our fencing. So, yeah, and uh, Ariana Rico, uh, it, it's been a, it's been a funny old season. I think it's fair to say, and we'll continue Rico watch though. Uh, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Which whichever weapon it it may be, she's always a she's always a talking point. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, uh, I think I think we'll move on then. So it's men's epi I've mm. put down next. And for me, it was uh, Yannick Burrell becoming world champion finally. So I've been a bit of a fan of Yannick's for a while now, and he's a bit of a. I just like I just like Yannick quite a lot. I mean, obviously, you know, you could. I've been going on and on and on about how much I love Max and how much I love <laughs> the South Koreans and how much I love the Japanese Japanese Epius. Mm-hmm. But considering how dominant Yannick was last year. And Yannick had a bad year this year. He, he did actually, the reason why it was patchy was because he'd injured his wrist earlier in the year. Yeah, I saw that quite recently on, on social media. He'd been in for an operation on his wrist. That's right. He'll have a bit of recovery time before uh, mm-hmm. he's able to get into into full swing again. Mm-hmm. So it might be a, a slow start to the, the coming season yeah. for him. So so with all those things put together, I was really glad to see that Yannick win. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved it if Max had won. I would have loved that too. But I think I'm happiest because Yannick had actually won. And his season hadn't been going quite as well as it might have done previously, but at least now we know why. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good to see, uh, yeah, finishing finishing the year strongly and with a, yeah, a big, a big result, hopefully resolve the, the injury problem that, yes. problem that he's had this season mm-hmm. and uh, be in, in top healthy form for, for all of the next, next mm-hmm. couple of years. Highlights for me in men's epi. I still love watching the Koreans. There's a... Well, without a doubt, because the, the they are brilliant. Because ath- <laughs> they're brilliant. Yeah. Um, what's particularly brilliant about them is the the athleticism of their their fencing. It's a sort of consistent theme in Korean mm-hmm. Korean fencing, whatever the weapon, but also the, the variety in their styles. Yeah. The Korean team basically have four entirely different fencers, and aside from the fact that they all, they all move very well, there doesn't seem to be a sort of single unifying style to them and that always is a I, I like to see that in a in a team mm-hmm. you have you have fencers that can do a variety of things and, and that's how i feel about the japanese team as well because mm. you put all the japanese fences together they're all different yeah you know there's no way that you could see minobi and uyama are the same fencer there's just no way right <laughs> well no they're, they're barely even the same species they're, they're so so hugely so different. Huge different yeah and then you've got uh so the, the, the rest of the fences too are, are different again so i love all that south east south east asian epi that's going on I, I love all the depth and the the sort of the variety and the characters that are, are involved in it I, that's why I, I just go on and on and on about it yeah and I think the other the other thing that I did consider sort of giving a shout out to would have been the just the Swiss fencing team's performance in the World Championship as well. Yeah, again, that was a 
a performance that took a took a while to happen because they hadn't looked anything very special for most of the mm-hmm. season in the team events, as far as I can remember. Uh, but they got it got it all right at the end of the season. And with that, an amazing performance. So that was, but for me, it's Yannick. It's all about Yannick at the moment. So yeah, no, I'm, I'm quite happy with that one. You're so fickle. I mean, I tell you what, if he has a, a, a few duff results at the start of the next season, you'll be back to Max or the Japanese or the, or the Koreans again. Look, I still got a shrine to Max. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's changed there. I've got, I've got my, like, my two candles and a picture of Max. Yeah, Nothing's okay. changed there. That's, that's probably, probably more detail than we needed by, <laughs> by quite a long way. Yeah. By, by a very long way. Maybe I should buy some Max branded cheese. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so obviously the, the other event we're going to talk about here is Women's Epi. And for me, I've picked a team performance rather than an individual one in this one. And it, for me, it's the success of the the, the US women's epi team. Yeah. Uh, and again, it came late in the season, but it happened over a couple of events. And then the individuals who made up the team start to have success as well. Yeah. And then in the actual, at the end of the day, they, they, were, they turned out to be the best team as well. And I just, I, I, there is something that I like about that. There, it, it shows us a maturity perhaps coming into at least one side of uh, the US uh, US EPI mm-hmm. performance there with the women's EPI team. Uh, so I, I quite like that. But again, it's like you were saying that there is a variety to the women's EPI team, which I quite like. They're all quite different. Okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to brave it and bring up the fact that the USA women's EPI team's results have been fantastic at the end of the season. But if we're picking out highlights... Oh, go for it. Stylistically, it's not one that's going to. No, maybe not. Going to grab I did, I did go. I did go a bit mad last time, but I reflected on it, and I think it's the fact. It's what I like is a. It, it, there's a, a change. A change has happened. Okay. And I think I like moments when you, when I see change. I find that very attractive. Yeah, but I like it when when you, when you see a wave of change happening. I like that, uh, and that, I find that very something very interesting to look at and watch out, watch it develop because it's going to be interesting in the following season, the one that's coming up, mm-hmm. to see exactly what happens next. Yeah, well, what's going to happen with the other teams? Where you know, is this just a flash in the past? Yeah, you know, I love all that stuff. Now I'm thinking ahead mm-hmm. because of it, and I, I really struggled to pick out an individual women's epi performance that. Uh, I thought was interesting to my palate. Okay, that's interesting because I would have thought, and again, it's is a slightly obvious one. Uh, the name of the Italian who won the world championships and finished the season as world number one, Navaria. Yeah, because again, she. I don't think she f- she fenced in Rio. I'd have to go back through my notes on that yeah. one. In fact, I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to state that confidently. If I'm wrong, I can always edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> but I I don't think she fenced it in Rio, and right. in the same way that Fukuni has done, she has then come along and over a couple of years has gone from somebody who's not quite making it mm-hmm. to being top of the pile. And she I'll a, give you that. She had a couple. I think she had a World Cup win and a Grand Prix win this season. Yeah. Finished the year as world number one and the world champion. Okay, I'll, I'll give you that one. It's a good one. I'll give you Thanks. that one. <laughs> I'd overlooked that one. But for, it's just like the one that stuck in my mind was just the sudden switching on of the US women's epi team was interesting. To yeah, me. it is. I, I, I agree. But in terms of picking out a highlight, uh, again, it's not a single a single event or a single fight, but you know, one thing starts uh, rise up the ranks mm-hmm. to, to reach the the top of the tree at the sort of mid mid Olympic cycle stage, I think yeah. is uh, okay. is well worth well worth a mention. Well, maybe I should have given it more thought, but I'm sticking with <laughs> it. Give you that. 
<laughs> so, so is that your one then? Are you going for Mara and Navaria? Yeah, I mean, I've said it before, I don't watch as much FP as I used to because mm-hmm. I've got you to do that for me. All right. uh, and I'm spending more time watching watching Sabre these days, which we'll get to in, in just a moment. Oh, I can't wait to speak about uh, Sabre. Yeah. So <laughs> good. I look forward to your, your informed comments. But yeah, I mean, that's just one that uh, that struck me as oh, a, real, a, real, a real success story mm-hmm. over over the last couple of years and someone who I mean I'm, I'm sure our praise will make no difference to our life whatsoever but I, I thought it was a, a real sort of noticeable okay. performance that's interesting hmm. uh, so we're into the into the last event here so last two events so it's uh, let's start with men's sabre yeah well I would say that this season has been all about the all about the the kids uh, hmm. two two defensors that uh, John Sawfield when I was still trying to find my feet in sabre about who I should be interested in uh, that he highlighted as as names to look out for in this Olympic cycle, and that's uh, Korea's Osan Guk mm-hmm. and USA's uh, Eli Dershowitz, uh, who both had absolutely fantastic seasons. Osan Guk winning three of the regular season events, uh, Dershowitz winning a couple, mm-hmm. Dershowitz taking silver at the at the World Championships, and I think he is now now world number one, and oh effectively led the Korean team to, to go in the final at the World Championships as well. He looked their, although their youngest fence are their, their top performer. Uh, I think that is the case now, even with um, Kim Jong wan winning the World Championships. So the rise of those two this, this season, um, I mean, they kind of started the process, both had pretty good seasons last year, but they are now two two superstars mm-hmm. in uh, at, the, at the top level at men's sabre. And, uh, Pick any of their wins during the regular season for right, okay. for what modern Sabre looks like at its very best. And those are the two guys, both I think only twenty two. I mean, mm. just just kids, big kids, admittedly, big kids, big units. But, uh, yeah, really, really impressed with those two. Um, and Kim winning the World Championships. Um, I'm not going to put it as one of my highlights because it's probably a World Championship win that's slightly overdue, perhaps for for someone Did who's been before. No, I don't think so. Wow. Um, yeah, for somebody who's been at the top of the sport, world mm-hmm. number one, umpteen times, uh, serial winner of, of things. Uh, I think that was the first world title. Wow. But yeah, I'm more excited about the the young ones coming through. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens with, with mm-hmm. Kim from here on in because he, he didn't have a great season up to the world championships. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he can, he can come again after after getting that big win. Yeah. Well, and by comparison, I'm really struggling to pick up my highlight of the year. That's because you don't I'm watch still, any. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> struggling to get Don't lie to me, Gav. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's so lame. Yeah. yeah. The, reigning, the reigning team is still something I'm quite curious about. Mm-hmm. So we've been following that. I've been sort of, dip, we've been dipping into that over the course of the year. And they're sort of continuing sort of, I don't know if rise is the right word, but, you know, they're, they're, they're doing their thing. You yeah. Know? I mean, they, they sit consistently in the top five teams in, yeah. the, in the world. That that that's that that I think it's a bit too, for me it's a bit too obvious to to like the Koreans. I need a I need an outsider to to, to sort of root for thinking Saber, and I think I'm going to go for the Iranians for that one. Okay, you probably say don't do them, Gavin. Do the Chinese team. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm happy for you to become a an Iranian Saber fan. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'd be I would be with you to some degree on that. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, should we talk about women's Saber? I'm just going to be upfront about women's saber. I still haven't got a clue about it. So, <laughs> yeah, honestly, you, you got to try harder. I, I've watched more women's saber this year than I've ever watched in my life. I just, 
And how uh, much is that? Uh, at least three events. I have. I've watched the. I've watched at least the last four of at least three or four of the events over the course of the year. Sorry, I'm really struggling. Okay. And these fights are really short as well, so that's probably a grand total of about an hour and a half's worth of fence. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Money on the table. This year will be the year I watch more Sabre. Right. Right. I look forward to that. I look forward to that. Yeah. It's, uh, well, Women's Sabre in particular, I think, it has been a really fascinating year because a lot of it has been about, for most of it, it was a continuation of what happened in the previous year. Olga Carlan, Anna Morton, Lisa Pushtai coming through as a you know as a, oh, as a youngster, Bianca Pascu's rise. Mm-hmm. Um, but then in the latter half of the this season, uh, what we had was two returners, uh, Mariel Sagunas and Sofia Velikaya, two massive names in the sport, uh, coming back after a bit of maternity leave, mm-hmm. and almost immediately just returning to. To where they were before, they're at the, the later stages of competition, and and it's just a, ret- a return to to yeah to, to previous form, and that was good to see because you you want you want those big personalities in the sport. But th- well, what, what, one of the questions I would have to ask though, if I was the group that was following on behind these big names that were currently missing because they were away mm-hmm. with their ch- with their kids, and they come back and they immediately blow you away. Are you like what's what's going on there? That'd be the question that I would have to be asking myself. You know why why are they you not? Know, and there's been a gap. There's been mm-hmm. an opportunity for you to step in and fill it and take over. These guys have come back in again, and it's basically just sw- wipe you off the board again. Start start from where we were. It's like they haven't moved on. Maybe so. I mean, the the first couple of years after after Olympics though, are, are always a slightly turbulent time, and a lot of it is sorting out who's emerging from the top. Women's Sabre has had this complication, mm-hmm. though, of uh, people leaving to have, have kids and then returning. So it's been an even more uncertain first couple of seasons. But I, I, even that is slightly slightly complicated by the fact that at the World Championships, Velikaya, having you know returned, mm-hmm. produced strong performances, straight back in the Russian team, sweeps all before up to the final, and then loses to her her young, much more inexperienced teammate in Poznikova mm-hmm. in the final. So I think it'll be be really interesting to see if Poznikova can then follow that up. Manon Bruni also gave Velikaya a right pasting at the last World Cup of the season, I think in the, in the last eight, which she seemed very pleased about, understandably. So, I, I mean, picking out the, the highlight for the season was probably Velikaya's Return to action at the at the Grand Prix in Moscow. Her first competition back mm-hmm. on home turf takes the win. Yeah, you know, as a as a single event, that probably was the was the standout moment. But um, I mean, we come to talk about what we're looking forward to over the over the next yeah for next season. I think it's a it's a really exciting time for women's saber, and uh, I think it'll be fascinating to see where that that goes over the next couple of years. Maybe it's the year for me to actually develop a real taste for it then. It's it's a perfect time to <laughs> to join the action, Gav. It really is. Yeah, I mean, I do I do enjoy women's saber when I'm tied to a table and forced to watch it. <laughs> it uh, I do en- I do actually enjoy. Yeah, it, it seems I, a bit drastic. But, yeah, uh, yeah, if that's what it takes. <laughs> right. So, uh, unfortunately, I have I have no highlights. I don't think I didn't feel qualified to actually make a comment. So, so we've done all that. Uh, is there any sort of is any low moments you think we should talk about? Anything where you were just like, "Oh my god, this is." I don't want. I don't want to leave with this point. I couldn't think of too many, but I think a low moment for me was actually admitting there was 
a time when passivity actually worked. Okay, Gav, right. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to pull you on this. It's non-combativity. I only say it to annoy one person. <laughs> Dave Baker, I'm really sorry. I've yeah. tried my best to keep him under control. But, yeah, but, uh, but but a low point for me was admitting that one time that it really worked for that. I can't remember. I've gone out. I've had that moment. It's gone out of my head. Yeah, um, that's what happens. Uh, that team event where I was just like, actually, this is the perfect moment for. Uh, non-combativity to happen yeah so that was a low moment for me to actually admit there was some usefulness in it yeah it's but I'll go back to one. heating on it after that <laughs> okay low points for me of uh, this past season online coverage still still drives ah, me mad when yes. when there's when there's no live feed for World Cups the the presentation of the Grand Prix is absolutely fantastic mm-hmm. it looks great mm-hmm. still have a few calls with commentary sometimes but you know that's mm-hmm. not Let's not go back to that one again. Uh, but the fact that I really feel if, if our sport is going to be taken to take itself seriously as a as a sort of global sport, then it needs to have proper coverage yeah. of of these top events. Yeah, and that includes the World Championships, by the way. Yes, indeed. Because that would have been another moment that I think would be worth sort of mentioning. Was just like the sort of difficulty of getting hold of the streams. Yeah, uh, was was a little bit frustrating. Yeah, but I think I mean that's that's the, the thing that I, the probably most consistently uh, annoys me about the sport as a whole. I mean, we'll leave aside things like motivational quotes on Instagram from mm. fencers. Though. I mean, that, that's that's <laughs> oh, a minor God. annoyance. And I don't, I don't think, I don't think fencing's unique. I think if you were to look at the top athlete profiles, there's quite a lot of, you know, uh, be the mountain, not the hill, and all that kind of nonsense. Yeah. Please, please don't. I can feel my blood, pre- blood pressure rising yeah, just exactly. just hearing that. Rise sort of, like a goose going south for the winter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that was that was probably my my low lights when mm-hmm. those when those happened. And I think I, I did. We did put this one out sort of into the wider audience, but didn't get very much sort of feedback. And it's the sort of thing I would like to have heard more about because I'm sure that it was one of those things we, we we showed vague hints of getting something on when you asked the question on Facebook and then it got entirely distracted by a succession of uh, comments about otters for no real good uh, reason. Yeah, that was, that was a strange one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there. But I think, I think one of the, the mothers of one of the fences that we know, uh, hmm. Mary Papadopoulos, she did point out that for her, like a real highlight for her was actually seeing the sport at a different level. Uh, so she went obviously to the, the Junior Commonwealths yeah. and she'd never really seen the sport presented like that before. Uh, and for her, obviously, there's the proud mum moment as a, as her son steps up and has a, a good performance. And it was interesting hmm. to hear and, that. And daughter as well. Oh, and daughter, sorry. Yeah, and the yeah. daughter as well. Uh, and and I think it's interesting, to, I think for me that's interesting to hear because it just shows, in a sense, how difficult it is. To, you're talking about the coverage and the lack of it and, and, yeah. and how the sport has to take itself seriously. And then what we're talking about here is a mother who ha- is involved in the sport, has two kids involved in the sport, and still doesn't see the sport in that kind of positive way that we see it. Yeah, I mean uh, if you're a if you're a fencing parent going doing the rounds at domestic competitions spending your money spending your money willingly willingly on on getting your kids fencing and and competing at a, a decent level it is a great deal of hanging around uh fairly dull sports halls in fragrant as various well. various parts of the the country. I think it gets more fragrant as you yeah as you hit senior events. Yeah. So yeah, there's and, and most of it, while while reasonably presented these days, are, are not brilliant. And you compare it with the setup at the Commonwealth Junior and Cadet Championships, mm-hmm. which was fantastic and certainly a, 
a match for the vast majority of World Cups and quite a few Grand Prix as well mm-hmm. in terms of how it was laid out and how it was how it was presented and shown to the audience. Quality of commentary wasn't great there either, but you know, amateurs, <laughs> amateur. Well, one amateur certainly. <laughs> I, th- I think when you when you do see that for the first time, it is is genuinely breathtaking. It makes you think, mm-hmm. oh, the sport actually really is pretty immense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if it's done well, exactly. And I'm still curious to know what if anybody, what everybody else has. I, I can kind of guess some of the people who might get in contact, but uh, I, I'm still really curious. about what everyone else's highlights are because it can't mm-hmm. just be us going well you know like the US women's epi team is great and I love Yannick Burrell and you know Richard Cruz is fantastic you know, yeah. <laughs> you know all this kind of stuff I mean there must be other other things out there that people saw that were just genuinely they thought oh well look at that that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah there must be yeah must so be. get in touch So I'm saying yeah let us know yeah We've, other opinions are almost as valid as ours <laughs> but ours are the most valid yeah of um, course yeah. of course that's what it's saying yeah so let's well Okay, so what we're going to look forward to this year? Now, it's the year before the Olympics. Mm-hmm. So it's an important year. Yeah, in fact, Olympic qualifying starts part of the way through. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the coming season. Yeah, probably three quarters of the way through. Mm-hmm. So it really is starting to ramp up now. It's, it's getting serious for, for qualifying, securing your place in your national teams if, you're, if the, the team route is the, is the way in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, jockeying for, jockeying for position to meet your... Your life is easy come come the big day in, in Tokyo in a couple of years' time. Yeah. In the different weapons. Uh, well, let's not spend too much time on this, but let's just go through it in the same list. So talk about Ben's foil first. Ben's foil. Again, with narrow self-interest, can Richard Cruz continue the, the form that he's in? Mm-hmm. That's a big question, I think. It is. The encouraging signs shown by James Davis at the World Championships. We made mm-hmm. our last eight. Yep. Hope to see more of that. And can Italy mount a consistent challenge to the USA in the in the teams? Yeah, I think uh, they, they, they did that. at the World Championships. It was a team lineup that was slightly forced on them by um, injury to Avila, but I, I think they may have stumbled across a a way to give the USA a, more of a, a regular run for its money. Certainly, if if I was Chipressa, I'd be stroking my chin right now, thinking, "Hmm, there's, there's some options here." Yeah, I think the other one. The other, th- other question for me is, is is about the French team. Will they continue to be held on Urban's little shoulders? You know? It was more of a struggle for them this year. Yeah. Um, the the French team didn't produce the performance that they had done done previously. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it has been a team that's been heavily heavily reliant on Erwan Lapeche for a yeah. long time. And uh, he's not getting any younger, and that's it's not a job that no uh, his teammates seem to be trying to make any easier for yeah. him. So that be that will be interesting. What about uh, women's foil then? Okay, a couple of, couple of the ones there from fencers who had kind of indifferent seasons I, and I want to know, I'm really curious to see what happens with them with, with Lee Kiefer who mm-hmm. had a, an okay kind of season. Again, a slightly disappointing World Championships and Ariana Rigo who had an up and down season splitting her time with, uh, with Fencing Sabre. Mm-hmm. Got an absolute walloping in the semi-finals of the World Championships for the second year in a row. Mm-hmm. Still, in my opinion, should be up there winning stuff regularly at women's foil, and it's it's not happening for her at the moment. So those two have probably not had the seasons that they were they were hoping for, and I want to see yeah. how they bounce back from that and how how they approach the the Olympics. I also want to know if uh, Thibu is going to have a, a good season. <laughs> Yeah, after the move to America seems to be working for her at the moment, and that's short term. But 
yeah, it was good end of the season. Apart from that, her the results had been a little up and down. Yeah, she looked the she looked the real deal at the World Championships uh, from about two thirds of the way through her fight against Ergozo. From that point onwards, she looked she looked really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I agree. It'd be interesting to see if she uh, produces that on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the in the coming season. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's talk about men's epi. Uh, well, obviously we've been, talked a lot about Yannick, and it'd be interesting to see what happens with Yannick in the in the this year, this mm-hmm. coming year. Uh, he is be talking about the fact that you know he's really looking forward to the Olympics. Yeah, that's that, that's what he's doing now. On top of that, I want to see a bit more consistency out of the South Korean team because obviously I'm a massive fan. Uh, the same with the Japanese, actually. I mean, Minobi and Park are still way up there. Yeah, but there's a it's epi anyway, so it's incredibly hard to call. You know, and just anybody seems to be able to win if you just rock up and can hold an epi. But th- those are the those are the things I'm still looking forward to. And also, you know, Max's fence has come on a little bit. I, you know, I'm going to bring Max up again, and mm-hmm. he, he's, there's something there's something different about him at the moment. He's, something's I think I don't know if he's been to the head doctor or something, but he has more <laughs> more range to his game. He's not just flamboyant all the time. Mm-hmm. He can he can be he can do the boring epi as well as the exciting epi. And the Swiss teams are kind of reflecting a bit more maturity, I think, as well. Right. And I don't know if it's maybe a change in the coaching staff because that changed this year yeah, as that, well. Yeah, that's right. And I don't know if maybe that's maybe kicked them into a different level as a result. They were obviously the, the previous coach is obviously very good, but there is a difference in the team as well now. Uh, so that's something else I'm looking forward to. It's like that group, not just Max, but the, that group of Swiss fences, I think is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Particularly now that Mai's been open to uh, uh, Nikola. Yeah. As well, after watching that performance. Again, it's a late perform- It's a late thing to talk about really in the World Championships, going, oh, actually, there was something interesting there. Uh, but there was a, a real, I felt, for me, I felt like a real difference in the team there. But I'm still, the thing I want to see is I want to see much more Southeast Asian epi. That's the thing I'm really looking <laughs> never forward to. Never get too much of that. Never. It's never going to get old for me. Yeah. Much better than Russian epi. Uh, so that's 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 what I'm looking forward to. Um, okay. Uh, I think for me, what I'm looking forward to seeing, which we didn't see as much of as I thought we would do after the 2016, 2016, 2017 mm-hmm. season. Part of that down to injury. Looking forward to seeing uh, Pillo Pizzo back in, in regular course, action this, yeah. this season. Missed a, a big chunk of this one. Uh, and looking forward to seeing a return to form for uh, Marco Fischera as well, who had Indeed. a really quiet season. Uh, looked, looked fantastic the year before. Didn't really happen for him yeah. this year. Uh, yeah. And he's a, a fencer which, who, who I really hope produces well, the goods this year. We both like watching Marco Fence just because of the intensity of it. It is. There's a, it's a proper roller coaster ride exactly. stuff. It's, it's, it's nerve jangling. I kind of, I've kind of missed that this season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the last thing, just hold your thought on that, Palapizzo, because he's saying he's back to form now. And mm. I think that's interesting because even though he wasn't on form, it was. Uh, Carnage in the seeds at the World Championships in, yeah. in the Epi, and he was essentially the only one to limp out into the thirty-two. I mean, it's not quite as bad as that, <laughs> but it felt that way. He kind of limped into the thirty-two and then went out, yeah. and, and left the rest of them all sort of like didn't go anywhere. Yeah, still, still yeah. bleeding in the battlefield. Exactly. Yeah. So it's quite interesting that uh, I'm kind of struggling with the women's the women's Epi. Uh, I think I want to see you, you talked about Navaria. Uh, I think a bit more of that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Amezi handles the loss of a coach. Yeah. Um, and I think also for me, I'm quite, again, I'm, I like that changing of the guard stuff. So I'm quite curious about what's going to happen with the the, U, the US women's epi team. Because it feels to me, it feels to me like they've come from nowhere, even if that's maybe not true. 
uh, those are two things I'm looking forward to. And I really want to know what's going to happen with the rest of them. We've got uh, in China, obviously, Hughes had a, a consistent season, but I've not felt like, very excited by what I'm seeing. Sun Yuen's of the world and the rest of the team, mm-hmm. uh, including the, men, the men's epi team, actually. Uh, I mean, they you- have done some stuff, but... This might that, be the. This is the year it has yeah. to happen. For I think them. the most sort of noticeable progress has actually probably been on the main side, but starting from a much lower base. Yeah, um, the women are are still consistently up there and challenging. Yeah, regularly. But you're right; they're not they're not a hugely exciting team to watch. Yeah. I mean, I said this before about Hugh Aubrey and his coaching of the the French teams. Not really. I mean, tactically very astute. Not boring fencing exactly, but it wasn't stuff that really set pulsary and didn't didn't for me anyway. Mm. Um, so I think they were expecting some some fireworks fencing performance from uh, from the Chinese under his under his guidance. But I, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, they're up against the, the the Koreans and the Japanese at the moment because mm-hmm. those are the, the, the those are the fencing powerhouses next door. Yes, and yeah. the. the to be fair, the, the, the women's epi yeah, sorted, but the it, the men aren't really challenging those guys yet. No, it'd be interesting I, I think if they can though this year. Uh, that's a, that's asking an awful lot of uh, against two very strong teams. Uh, I would mm. think that China will will struggle to to qualify a, a men's epi team for the Olympics, mm-hmm. and the women won't have it all their own way either because the Korean team is looking quite sharp, uh, increasingly. Uh, not, developing and maturing. Uh, the, you know the fact that we talk about uh, Shina Lam sat on the bench. Yep. Uh, pointed out to us that she she'd been the bench fencer for the the Korean team for most of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's exciting times for the for the women's side, which will make things tricky for for China. Again, I want to see it. Let's, let's see what happens. It's going to be yep. that's that's interesting to me. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mentioned the the Korean team. That that thing where you, you talk about where there's a range of styles, there's a range of styles in the Korean yeah, team because you they're not you might have expected the the Korean coaches to go for motion alarms, yes, but they haven't done that. They've got a range that they've, they've got at least one of them, but the but you, there are other ones that fence with that intensity that the men have. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so those are the sorts of things I'm looking for this year. I think. Cool. So, men's- off the saber. Yeah, Ben Saber, offer me your informed opinion again. Uh, the Koreans are going to take everything. <laughs> inspired, yeah. As a guest, Gav, it's not, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, I think, well, t- talking to the Koreans and the Men's Saber, I, I think it, it will be interesting to see how, how that team, which had a, a very dominant year, won the World Championships, won four of the five World Cups, uh, if they can keep that going. Uh, Intensity of the the training of the Korean team is is legendary, mm-hmm. and they've produced very dominant performances at at the World Championships and throughout mm-hmm. the season. Uh, Osanguk seems to be their new spearhead, but whether that whether that runs all the way through to through to Tokyo or whether other teams with a perhaps a more balanced approach mm-hmm. to to training um, start to start to come into it more, I think will be really really interesting and the continued development of O and and Dershowitz as the as the yep. young superstars in the making yep. in the main saber. Um I, I really want to see how that how that pans out. The Italians I think should be the team that, that push Korea hardest and that's still a, a comparatively young team. Crassley has had moments when he's looked 
as good as anyone in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's he's the one that looks most likely to to step up from the from the Italians to right. to become a, a genuine threat to winning winning things at the in the individuals. I think the other, the other thing that, that I guess I'll, I'm going to throw this in here is whether or not the British men's sabre team can continue to make headway. Yeah. So the James Honeybone, uh, Will Deary, people like that, whether or not they can continue to make some headway in the, on the international scene, I think that'd be quite interesting. As yeah. Well. Um, I mean, obviously, the intention for the for, for all the teams is to to qualify for the Olympics, mm-hmm. and that's that's still going to be a big ask for the British team, I think. Um, but they seem very committed to the. To the process, yep. to to giving it the the full beans and trying to give it their very best shot to to get there. Give it a and, motivational uh, quote, Sean. Go on. No, I, I don't. I don't do motivational <laughs> quotes, Gav. And uh, uh, hopefully, the you know a motivation motivational quote for me is almost certainly the very last thing the oh, British, yeah. <laughs> British men's saber team would well, would yeah. possibly want or need. But uh, yeah, I think their their progress okay will be really interesting as a. Again, it's it's a slightly parochial view for us, yeah. But yeah, I, I an, an interesting next, one. Outside of the men's foil, they're, they're our next outside chance of qualification for the for the Olympics. I think where we are currently, the the chances of the British men's foilists qualifying and the British men's sabers qualifying are are not far off being equal. It's a, it's a bit of a long shot for for mm. either team, and. Uh, it's going to take some big results right. to to get themselves in position to to make that happen. Okay, but I, I hope they do. Yep, me too. <laughs> I would yeah. uh, add a, an extra layer of interest for yeah exactly. for watching for watching Tokyo and watching the watching the next couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Plus, they're all nice guys, <laughs> so you want them to do well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> we can, I can say that with genuine confidence about the British yeah. the British fencers, you know, because because uh, we see them more often. So yeah. yeah, I wish them I wish them a very good season. So women's saber. Yeah, women's sabers, uh, like I said, a really interesting one because you've got returners in mm-hmm. Felakaya and Zgunis, the ones that have been emerging as stars over the first couple of seasons mm-hmm. of this Olympic cycle. Uh, Poznikova taking the taking the world championships. There's so much that could happen over yeah. the next couple of years in women's saber. That's why I think it's such a a, a fascinating event to watch. And if you're going to pick and choose your moments of saber watching, I think women's saber might be the might be the the one to focus on because right. there's um, so many possibilities there. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm really reluctant to to state with any confidence how things are going to pan out. Whether we're going to end up with a as a goodness Carlan uh, Velakaya making up three quarters of the semi-finals at the individuals in Tokyo or mm-hmm. uh, whether you've got uh, Bosniakova, Marton, Berder, Bruni, mm-hmm. Bustai. Yeah, Bus- there's a... There's a I mean, there's, there's so, many, so many options there. I think it's a, a really exciting time. I never thought I would become, you know, the the mean <laughs> drum banger for, uh, for women's sabre, but it is... Uh, mm-hmm. It's great. I've, I found it really fascinating, and I, yeah, I, I'd I say be, yeah, I, I will watch be, more this year. Do it, uh, Gav. I will do because the, fen- the fences you mentioned are certainly ones I'm kind of interested. That the, more so in the second wave, uh, the, you know, the Brunei's and the, the push ties and all that. Yeah, uh, they're, they're they're much more interesting to me than if 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 it ends up as the last four is Zagunas, Felakaya, and the rest. You know, and the, all the other established names. Ah, good. Maybe not so interested, but yeah. we'll see how it goes. I think that's us. I think that's uh, we've, we've got to the end of this now. Uh, <laughs> I think it's just our usual begging bowl time. Uh, you know, you can become a Patreon. Click the link. Yeah, uh, please, please do. Yeah. Um, 
welcome to the fold, Kieran Patrick, who's joined us as a new Patreon supporter in the last few days. The money that we get from from Liam Paul, absolutely fantastic, and it uh, it pretty much covers the the costs if we mm-hmm. if we keep things super cheap and book flights early. Uh, but there's there's no leeway. We, we do spend <laughs> quite a lot of time doing this and yeah. putting quite a lot of effort into it. If you if you like what we do, mm. uh, we'd absolutely love it if you clicked on the the Patreon link and signed up for yeah. uh, a dollar a month to help us help and us through the let's not the, forget the, the long hours of editing and yeah uh, and watching women's happy yeah, and me standing there and like a fool at the corner with a huge camera um yes yeah so yeah. obviously in this coming year we are endeavoring to make it to a few more tournaments as well mm. and that's kind of where we're going with it's going to try and do it a little bit more differently this year yes uh should we run through again what our, what uh, our intended uh, yeah let's go for it. Are. okay so we we will make our annual Paris pilgrimage mm-hmm. for the Men's Foil World Cup. Do you in, love it? In January. It's great. Because we love it. The atmosphere is amazing. It's got huge prestige. It's only a World Cup, but the uh, the feel is of something much, much bigger. And then in February, you mm-hmm. will be flying solo mm-hmm. uh, to the Foil Grand Prix in Turin. Now, this might have to... Be cancelled because it'll clash or something. It could put can't cancel or something else. It's possible. That's the that's but, but we'll plan see how it goes. at the moment. That's yes. the plan at the moment. Yeah. Yes. I sadly will uh, not be going to Turin, which is mm. a is a great pity because I would quite like to have gone, but yeah. not as much as I would have liked to have gone to uh, Barbados for my fiftieth birthday, which is what I'm going to do instead. Yep. And then in March, mm-hmm. we'll go to Budapest for the Epi Grand Prix. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because I love Budapest and it's Epi. Yep, it should be excellent. Mm-hmm. And then we've got a couple of months off and then we make the big trip to Moscow. Yes. The Sabre Grand Prix. And I've never been to Russia. Right. I, I have been to Russia mm-hmm. and apparently I'm going to be going there again. Okay, great. So looking forward to seeing lots mm-hmm. of smiley, happy Russians welcoming us there. Yeah, excellent. Because we've always got a good word for them. Yep, indeed. And obviously we're going to do the, the Budapest World Championships. Yeah, uh, World Championships in Budapest next summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, more accessible. It'll be warmer there than it is in March. Mm-hmm. and uh, By quite a bit. Yes. Because I have been there in the summer and it's significantly warmer in, 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 in yeah, the summer. Yeah, uh, Budapest does its summers right. Winters yeah. are brutally cold. Yep. Summers gloriously hot. So, yeah. yeah. It should be great. Mm-hmm. So that's our plans. Yeah. The regular season for, for seniors, still a little bit away. Mm-hmm. First competitions, I think, uh, happening in November. Um, uh, this is not starts off with all the events we don't get to see. Uh, no, not entirely. Um, I think you might be right about the women's photo from Cancun again, yeah. which I expect to be absolutely terrible coverage-wise. I'm always kind of resigned to it these days. Um, men's photo starts off in Bonn, though. All right, yeah. Mm-hmm. At uh, some point in November, second weekend in November, I think it is. Not absolutely sure of the kickoff dates for, for all the other weapons. Lots of domestic events going on at the moment, certainly mm-hmm. in the UK, and I get the impression pretty much everywhere else. Yep. Junior World Cups and uh, cadet tournaments will be getting underway shortly yeah. as well. So uh, really very little break before we'll be back in action. But yeah, I don't know, we may have a little bit of time before before the seniors get going again. Yeah, I think so. So we can we can gear ourselves up. This is our this is our our off season at the moment. Yes, indeed. so we can uh, be refreshed and rearing to go when mm-hmm. the when the seniors get going again yeah. in November. So until then, thanks very much for joining us and uh, speak to you next time. Yeah.